Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This episode is a replay of our live event, Opening Doors, The Path to Podcasting for Marginalized Genders. When the creator's report from Sounds Profitable was released, it was revealed that only approximately 30% of podcasters are women and marginalized genders. This panel is here to discuss how to bridge the gap for those that want to break into podcasting. Featuring Haley Radke of the Adoptees On podcast, Danielle Desir Corbet of the Women of Color podcasters and the Thought Card podcast, Sky Pillsbury of The Squeeze, and Ana Ogogo of the Black Pod Collective, Black Pod Festival, and Adode Media. Hosted by Elsie Escobar of She Podcasts. Stay tuned for this incredible conversation, and thank you for joining us. Hello, hello. Thank you so much, Norma, for that lovely intro for all of us. My name is Elsie Escobar. I'm the co-founder of She Podcasts, and I have been in the podcasting industry here and there since July 30th, 2006. So I've been doing quite a little bit when it comes to podcasting. And as somebody who started way back in the day, um, I knew zero, I mean, zero about any part of media creation that I could get my hands on when I started doing this. And look at me now, I've got lights, I've got microphones, I've got recording things. So given all of that time, there's been a lot of learning that I have done. Um, and just to start off with, I never actually got into it with any kind of idea that I would be working in podcasting and that my professional career would be in an industry that really did not exist when I started. So um, we're going to kind of dive deep into where everybody else started from that perspective. And I feel, um, at least for me, it is incredibly um, inspiring to be able to um, really be at the front of, a, of an industry that didn't exist before and the 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 possibilities for all of us to continue to work in podcasting. So um, there are a lot of us on this panel. And part of the reason that we're having this panel is so that you are introduced to a lot of voices that have been also working in the industry for a bit in a lot of different verticals. And you may or may not know them, or you may know some of us and not others. And so let's begin. I actually would love to start with Danielle. Danielle Corbett DeZero or DeZero Corbett, however you would like to, <laughs> I get them confused. I'm still getting used to being, you being married. Um, <laughs> so why don't we start with you? And I kind of want to go from the perspective of where were you when you first started to get into podcasting and share with us your podcast um, whether it's behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, because I do know that you're like cooking up some really wonderful stuff. Um, and now what you're doing in the industry. Sure. So I've been a podcast listener since 2015. And 
I wasn't necessarily inspired to start a podcast until there was an opportunity that was looking specifically for women of color in 2018 who had an aspiring idea. So I was inspired. I said, hey, I'll give it a try. There was $10,000 on the line, a trip to New York City and a boot camp to learn about podcasting. So I pitched myself. And from there, I just noticed that there were thousands, hundreds of hundreds of women of color who had an aspiration to start a podcast through this opportunity. And I created Women of Color Podcasters as a result of that to keep in touch with everyone. And over the last four years, the Women of Color Podcasters has grown to an international community. We have blogs, job board. We have we do so many events every single month. Um, so that really kickstarted my introduction to podcasting. Really, the inspiration from the community got me started. I'm also the host of the Thought Card Podcast, an affordable travel and personal finance podcast. I've won actually four grants to fund that project. So award-winning grant funded is pretty exciting. <laughs> and uh, most recently, last year, 2021, I quit my job to pursue full-time creative entrepreneurship. A big part of my income stream is podcasting. So that's a bit of my history and background. So super excited to be here. That's Amazing. And from that, we move over to Haley Radke from Adoptees On. Can you also let us know, because I know you, I believe you are, have been around for possibly the next longest of us in this okay. panel, I believe. So let us know how you got into it and what your podcast is and all that fun stuff. Well, I started listening to podcasts first as well in 2005. And I started my podcast in 2016, so I've been around for six years. And there, I'm adopted. I was adopted as an infant and reunited with my uh, biological father a little over 10 years ago. And I was connected with uh, fellow adoptees on Twitter, and we were talking about the adoption experience. And then as I was listening to one of my favorite indie podcasts, um, the host, Meg Teets of Sorta Awesome, she had an episode, episode 51, I went and looked it up, March of 2016, <laughs> where she shared her process, her entire process of podcasting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could totally do that. And so from that, that's how I created Adoptees On to connect with other adopted people, to talk about the complexities of being separated from your family of origin. And I have started as a hobby in my basement when my little boys were two and four. And now it's my full-time job, <laughs> which was unexpected. So I have um, over 220 episodes. I'm going to hit a million downloads this fall. And um, on Patreon, I have over 180 episodes. So I've got um, a lot of back catalog and podcasting is literally my favorite thing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that amazing i love this these stories it's so inspiring to get like two different perspectives in this and now moving it over to anna lovely anna you are doing so many different things so your story in addition to all of this stuff i think is going to bring yet another layer as to what you can do in podcasting so go ahead anna let us know well 
First, thank you so much for having me. My name is Anna Gogo. I'm the founder of Black Pod Collective, which is a digital community for Black podcasters, Black Pod Festival, which is a two-day conference for Black podcasters, as well as Adobe Media, which is a full-service podcast production agency. And we have a 1,500-square-foot studio in the heart of Atlanta. But honestly, all of this started as a simple Instagram page. And I say this all the time. It's just because my friends got tired of me sharing about podcasting stats. Like I would be like, oh my God, did you know this? They're like, of course we didn't know that because we don't care. And so, <laughs> so finally a friend was like, can you please just connect with other people? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, create something to talk to people who are like you. I really don't want to talk about this anymore. You know, like the first month it was cute. The second month was just kind of like, okay, now can we, can we change subjects? And so I started going to like podcast meetups and I just wasn't seeing a lot of people who look like me. And so I was like, you know what, let me put together something and just launch an Instagram page, connect with other people. And that was back in 2019. We started off hosting monthly events. By the end of the year, our last event had a thousand people. And I remember people asking like, how do I join? And I was like, join what? You just hit follow on Instagram. I don't, I'm not understanding <laughs> the question that you're asking me. Um, and that's really how it blossomed from there. We launched membership the next year. Um, that same year in 2020, we hosted our first virtual Black Pod Festival and had over 800 people. The next year we did it, we had over 1,300 people virtually. And so in 2020, I started helping people with like marketing their podcasts, editing and all of these things because I worked on my school radio station, newspaper. So I had a communications background. And next thing you know, I was like, I think I'm good at this. Like, wait a minute. Um, and by the time I had like five clients, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave corporate. And so in February of 2021, um, I had the opportunity to leave corporate. But in that same year, I ended up working with Black Effect to launch their podcast network, most recently with Revolt with launching their podcast network. And more clients started needing space here in Atlanta. So in October of that same year, I opened my studio. So I'm blessed, I would say, to you know have over 20 clients that we produce their podcast, um, have a team of about 13 people who help to bring this vision to life. And we are working on bringing Black Pod Festival to life again in Atlanta for 2023. So the work never really stops. And I'm in the process of launching my own podcast again. So I'm excited for that. That's so great. And now adding yet another layer of how to get into podcasting or mm -hmm. another point of view of podcasting, we've got yet another vertical, which is relatively new to the podcasting industry where you stepped in Sky, which was all into in the realm of the newsletter journalism sort of point of view as you step through. So tell us how you ended up in this thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of an accident and it's, it's interesting. Well, it wasn't an accident because it was something I, I wanted to do, but I'll take you back in time to, let's see, I think I started listening to podcasts around 2014. I will out myself as someone who started listening to Serial. I'm one of the Serial <laughs> people. Um, oh no. I'm sort of embarrassed <laughs> to admit when there's people like, you know, Elsie saying she's been here for so much longer than that. But I very quickly became just obsessed, like super, super passionate, listening to everything I could get my hands on. And at the time, I was working in public relations in technology, and I'd been doing that for a very, very long time. But I didn't 
I'd been doing it for so long that sort of my passion for it had really flatlined. And I was also good at it. So it was sort of easy for me to keep going. But I was worried that if I just continued to do something that I wasn't passionate about, um, I, I wasn't going to be good at it anymore because I just didn't have the same um, desire to be there in the way that I had maybe 10 years prior. Meanwhile, I was becoming super obsessed with audio. And in a way, it felt like this, even though I was much later than many people joining the community, it still felt very new. It still feels new to me in lots of ways. And I was subscribed to a bunch of newsletters. So I was subscribed to Hot Pod. I was subscribed to Inside Podcasting, which at that time was a non-bylined sort of generic newsletter just about news. But I would literally like put my kids to bed and like, you know, finish my job, make the dinner, put the kids down and then like read my podcast newsletters. And I was also, by the way, talking to all my other friends on a, about it, like, <laughs> you, you've got to listen to this. You've got to know what that's happening. And everyone was sick of me, my husband, everybody else. <laughs> and so I was just desperate to somehow like break in. And when you're in publicity, you do a lot of writing. So that was something that was very familiar to me. I had worked with a lot of journalists, but I hadn't actually jumped the fence and become one myself. And one day on my inside podcasting newsletter, they just said, we're looking for a, a, for a writer, for a bylined writer to put this thing together for us going forward. I interviewed for the job. I got the job. And suddenly I was being paid to to basically like report on the reporting. Really what you're doing inside podcasting is you're curating the news. And that was such a small miracle because I met so many people. Um, I started going to events. Actually, I met Jessica Kupferman, Elsie's uh, co-founder at She Podcasts at my very first event, the Outlier podcast festival in mm -hmm. Austin, immediately we just were like, I was like, you're my people. And she was like, <laughs> you're mine too. And we were connected. And, and, and she had been around for so long. It was incredible to have someone like her really, really take me under her wing. She gave me, you know, she gave me all the goods on everything. Like what was the background on that? And how did this come about? And, 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 and she still to this day, I mean, I actually in the squeeze yesterday, she was someone that I, that I went to for comment on the story I was writing, the story that I published yesterday, like she and Elsie, Elsie too now have become like some of my closest friends in this industry. And so, you know, it was really that moment of like going to an event, meeting, meeting the first actual human being that I wasn't just like interacting with on Twitter, who was a fellow, you know, um, female identifying person who was willing to like share her knowledge that that was really when things took off for me. And I, you know, the short story following that is I left inside podcasting because I, actually I ran, I started a podcast. So I have hosted a podcast before, but I kind of shouldn't be on this panel. I feel like, cause I don't have a podcast right now, but I hosted, created, hosted a podcast called inside podcasting where I interviewed podcasters, um, for two seasons. And then I left because the pandemic wreaked havoc, um, <laughs> on my situation. And then I wrote for hot pod, uh, which was a total trip considering I had been subscribed to them many years prior to have to see my name and that publication was so bizarre and then i they got acquired and that kind of forced me to jump off the cliff and start something of my own which mm -hmm. i had always wanted to do but i was too afraid really to do it i i had um 
you know, serious imposter syndrome, uh, you know, that just comes with, I think, a lot of being mar being a marginalized gender, if I can put it that way, that like, can I really do this? Like, you know, the buck is going to stop with me. Um, well, there's no bucks involved in what I'm doing. Let's be clear. But <laughs> if there were, they would stop with me. Um, and, and it's been, it's been, it's been inc an incredible ride. I've only been writing The Squeeze now. I announced it at the beginning of the summer. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively new thing, but it is so exciting and affirming to be writing it, what I want to write and not to have to answer to someone else. So that's my story. That's where I am. Yeah. And thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. I mean, but it's, it's, I don't want, I think part of what I want the industry, and this is something I learned from Juleka Lentigua, who oftentimes is somebody that I've really looked up to as well. And I remember having a conversation with her, one of the very first conversations with her on a panel. And she really drove home to me that the podcasting industry it's so much more than just the people that are behind the microphone, right? There's like, I self-identify as a podcaster and I, and I still really very much lead with that idea that I am a podcast. It's like a, it's an identity that I very proudly put on. And since I started so far back, that's really all there was for, you know, at the beginning, it was like, you're just a pod. You do all the things like you edit, you, you put it all together, you put the show out. But as the industry has matured, there are many different people that work in podcasting. And my eyes were opened by her often calling this out. And at first I was kind of resistant. Like I was very much like, if you're, if you're not a podcaster, you don't, you're not in podcasting. You know, there was this rigidness to my thought process. And as I started to realize that there are many more people like you, Sky, who are coming in and you, you did your show, you're a podcaster. It's a great show. It's fantastic. <laughs> it was wonderfully done. You're a fantastic interviewer. And, but I don't want anybody to feel shame in, in the fact that maybe they don't want to be in front of the mic or like, and have a microphone. Maybe they don't want to be a host. Maybe they don't want to edit shows, but they want to create social media for podcasting. Maybe they want to cover podcasting as a journalist. And that's great. That's fantastic. I think that there's so much value that we all bring to the industry now uh, as, as all in all of these different ways. So you don't need to be a podcaster to be in podcasting and have value to the industry. So um, let's go ahead and switch into, into that idea of, of that sort of um, imposter syndrome kind of a thing. And Sky, I'm actually going to continue with you here. Do you like from your point of view, you've already shared about what you felt as a journalist or somebody that wanted to write something, but what have you observed in the industry, kind of like stepping back mm -hmm. as in like the lack of maybe representation, maybe for marginalized genders, any in any capacity, do, where do you feel is the disconnect? Is it financial? Is it something else? Is it lack of time, resources? And what would that be? Yeah, well, it's all of the above. But when I think about what I think really gets in the way is that we don't have enough people in places of gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it's everything you said, right? Like, you know, we're, we're, 
you know, we are the, we tend to be the caretakers of our families. So we have a lot of responsibility there. We, um, you know, we, we, we tend to have a tougher time raising money. Um, you know, all of those things exist. But one thing that I've been paying a lot of attention to lately is who is at the top within these companies that are making choices about what kind of content is promoted the hardest. And like, for example, I was so thrilled when I saw that Kathy too went to Wondery and that she was going to be the head of production there. And I thought, oh, this is going to open up a whole lot for Wondery. Mm. And actually in, in some of the shows that they've put out since then, I, I, I feel like I see her impact there. We need a lot more people in not just that place. She's head of production, but in like heading up organizations that are actually creating the decision-making process for how something gets funded. You know, there's so so many um, at all the festivals or you know, I've been mostly going to virtual events lately. There's always some, some session that's about like, how do you pitch your show to a network? And, uh, you know, to be honest, a lot of the people who are making those decisions are white, white cis males, white cis females. I mean, you know, those are the people in those positions for the most part as far as I've been able to tell, we need different kinds of representation uh, in those companies, just making the the actual final decisions because there's no lack of creators. I mean, yes, we need more of it all. But if you actually spend time looking, mm -hmm. there are so many creators of all different backgrounds making, creating incredible stuff. But in order for the typical listener to find it, it, it you know, that, that, there, there's barriers in the way of just getting to that point. Anno, um, I'm curious about what you have to add to that conversation as well. You've been fairly um, adept at being able to, what I consider, really mold and and your career or your work. Actually, I wouldn't say career because I think that you're a, a cr creative passionate artist at heart and care so deeply about things and you crafted your best things and created a thing that is making money. Um, maybe not lots and lots and lots, but you've really worked with intention around that without any funding, all you. So I'm, I want to know a little bit about that. Um, I'm very much so of the mindset of, I can't wait for anybody to get anything done that I want done. Um, it may also be the fact that I'm Nigerian and, you know, failure is not an option. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That's a whole different thing. Um, but with that in mind, I never look for things in the standpoint of where, who's going to give me, but instead, what can I create to have this opportunity for myself? Mm -hmm. And so this has a lot to do with why I don't really focus on what other people have going on, which sometimes make it seem like I'm not paying attention, but it's more of I'm focused very much so on what the goals I have are. And, you know, when I created Black Pod Collective, I bought the domain for Black Pod Festival at the same time. I always said to myself, when I see that the community is ready for that, then we will do it. And so that's how I look at everything that I do is one, build the audience in the community and everything you do after that, as long as you continue to put them first and serve them, will all work out. And so I don't look towards, from an industry perspective, I will look towards 
putting forth the best effort, working as hard as possible to make sure that everything has a great foundation. So where from a branding perspective, look, feel, sound, all of those things, I will make sure I invest as much in that because that's what grabs the attention so that that way I can get the opportunities that I'm looking for. Rather than, I think for a lot of independent creatives, um, it's a tendency to look for, you know, how can they get funding or how can this, how can that? Whereas I look more so at what are the opportunities I already see in the industry and what do I want to help fulfill? So Mm. what am I good at? What do I like to do? I'm a certified project manager. I'm a certified process improvement specialist. Well, if I bring all these skill sets I have from my corporate background, coupled with the fact that I really enjoy, like I'm a certified event manager. I have random certifications because I'm that person who's just like, ooh, let's do that. And now it's all tied together very well because when I got my interior design certification at 20, I didn't know why I was doing it, but Now I designed my own studio. So it's one of those things where I'm very big on focusing on what are the skill sets, what are the things that I enjoy doing, and how can I then utilize that to help my community and put us in a forefront to where we're not focusing so much on who can give us something, but instead who can want to come to us to work with us. And that's honestly how I think if more people thought in that process, we wouldn't die off after eight episodes because we're focusing on creating the best thing possible to grab the attention of those we need to be in front of. Yeah, this is, it's, 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 it's brilliant how you've repositioned it that way. And I think that that, to me, that's reflective of the, of the, the feeling, the soul of a podcaster. Most of us are, and I'm not using this in a derogatory term at all in terms of being scrappy about all the things we are great problem solvers we know how to make things work if we don't know how to do it we'll like figure out like troubleshooting is like one of the key components of being a podcaster because you will have a fail you will like even when getting on tier like i had cameras go be going off and stuff you need to have a backup plan all the time and you make it you make it go but you only do it if you get your hands in and i know anna you're incredible at doing stuff like that now, uh, moving Danielle, I'm I'm curious as to how you would encourage a woman like you. You understand um, from listening to all of us, plus the things that you've you've uh, seen as you step in, right? How, why would, or how can we encourage more women or other marginalized genders to come into this industry to maybe maybe. Um, working in it, like I said, behind the scenes or possibly choosing to get in front of the mic, which is where kind of you began the process, but have seen more of a growth. So what would you do to get more of us involved? Right. So I would say that one of the things that I struggled with and I've seen in my communities is the lack of relatable success So we Mm. see successful people, successful creators, but they feel so far away. And it it, it feels like, how could I ever get there with my 36 downloads or with my tribe of two and tribe of five? Which is why I'm so passionate about education and pouring resources into our communities and bringing those experts in to provide those tangible knowledge to share the gaps of like, okay, how did you get there? How can we think through things differently? How can we lay out a path of success? Whatever that success looks like, it's really 
interesting to me now that there are more resources in the podcasting industry than ever before. You can mm. Google things, you could join communities, you can, you know, hop on a Zoom call and be part of a webinar. Uh, but with all those, it's sometimes hard to put the pieces together. So I really think that finding a mentor and also people who are in the position of mentoring, signing up to be a mentee, a mentor as well, can be really helpful to bridge the gap and to create paths to success because that it looks very different for a lot of different people. Oh, yeah. And moving here, uh, uh, Haley, to kind of add, uh, I want you to, to kind of weigh in on this because you did come into it from a different angle. Um, and also, you were a young mom at that time. Um, fairly little people around. You had, you know, your podcast is deeply <laughs> emotional. Um, you talk a lot. You're like hardcore when it comes to the content that you put out there. This is like, it is Ah, a lot. And I've always been really impressed with how you handled creating this deep work and being a young mom and still you're still at it. I mean, you're still at it, Haley. That's amazing. Tell us how to encourage more folks like you who feel like I'm never going to be able to do something because you're at home and you can't like do the thing. Help. I feel it like just talking about that. I feel <laughs> so hard when I, when I ha started with really young children, I came at it from a very privileged position. Um, I was already a stay at home mom. I didn't need extra income. Um, talk about scrappy. I bought my first mic, which was the uh, Yeti. It's there somewhere back there um, <laughs> <laughs> off, off of Kijiji, like a, um, you know, like a used mic. I, I, I did all the things on the budget. And then once I um, started Patreon about a year in, the first money that came in, I used it to pay a babysitter so I could work while they were taking care of my kids. So all of those things are, are barriers that, you know, I luckily my community supported the show and has continued to do so. And, um, Again, asking your community who is for me for adopted people, um, there's a lot of uh, mental health issues and um, barriers to access to therapy to adoption competent therapists, and that all costs money. And so, even asking them to financially support my show is hard for me because I know that money could be spent elsewhere. Um, but I always say, I'm like, if we want the show to continue, like I need you. Um, so I'm so fortunate to have found my people to come alongside and support. And um, the other amazing thing is I've been able to have therapists on my show. And so for people who have limited access to mental health supports, they can you know, it's not therapy, but it's, it's free. <laughs> so um, I'm really thankful that um, that's available. Now, as far as um, Danielle, what you mentioned about mentorship and mentees, like, I have always been given with an open hand free advice from those who have gone before me. And I try very hard to do that. When people come to me with those questions, how did you start podcasting? Um, I try and point them in the right way of free resources as well. And 
I guess one thing about podcasting is I feel like it's very cooperative and not as competitive, especially for um, creators like us who are independent and want to see each other succeed. And so even though sometimes folks will come to me and they're, they're literally saying, I want to make a show that's really similar to yours and compete <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, the first feeling is like, oh, okay. And I still try and be open-handed with, with what I share because I do want more um, voices in the world. And I feel so fortunate for all the people that have been generous with me in a variety of ways, whether that's through Patreon or knowledge or just supporting each other, um, like in conversations like this one. So it, it takes a lot. It takes community building, really. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about conversations like this. It's so, it's so great to, to watch you thrive so clearly and, and really step into all of the wisdom that you have now as a producer, which takes me to the next question. Um, you know, I've been, I've listened to your show from the onset through many years, right? So seasons, cause you like to work in seasons and have really noticed the quality of the storytelling that you're doing. And I'm not saying storytelling is in a, in a narrative podcast, because that's not your show, but the way in which you have crafted conversations to really guide your audience through a journey in the same way that we're talking about, right? You have your therapy folks that come in and that's like a series, right? You, you, you tend to, to get thematic sometimes at times. And what have you learned for longevity sake in crafting that story for your audience? So it's been a lot of years. I'm sure you might have felt burnt out at some time in continuing on. How have you managed your production time being essentially almost, almost a one person show? Um, what have you done? What are some key things for us to keep in mind? Well, I am fortunate. I have an editor. Um, Jen Eads has edited my show for a number of years now, so I'm not behind the editing um, <laughs> process anymore, which is lovely because uh, that is one of the major times. But in terms of burnout, um, my show is really emotional. You mentioned that. And I have, I just started taking breaks. I just, I'm still on a break. I'll be back in a couple of weeks, but I just literally took the entire summer off. And um, I've been doing that the last couple of years. I take winter break off when my kids are home from school. And just to get to that decision, um, Elsie actually coached me through that a little bit a number of years ago. And um, it was so hard because you feel like you're letting everyone down. And so when I came to my community and I said, um, this show is not going to last unless I take a break, um, the feedback I, I got 100% was all take care of you. We want more adoptees on. So we'll be here in September when you get back, just do you. And so if they saw me online in the summer, they're like, uh, I thought you said you were on a break. Like I thought you were supposed to be taking care of yourself. <laughs> um, so the generosity of folks knowing that, yes, you could get burned out and just, and pod fade. Um, 
The other thing I would advise new creators who are just starting is a lot of the really amazing shows just make it seem easy. And you don't see all the hours and hours and hours of editing and production that goes in behind. And so I would say like plan to start with like a monthly show or a biweekly show. And you can always add to that, but it really sucks for your listeners when you take it away. If you're like weekly and you're like, oh, actually, I'm only going to be monthly. So start really small. You're really excited in the beginning. You have all this extra energy and you're ready to go. (laughs) If you can just, you know, slow it down a little bit, I think you'll be thankful for that later on. I started bi-weekly and now I am a weekly show and it's, it's a lot. Um, but I have supports now. So this is killer advice there. And Anna, I want you to talk about that from the perspective of someone who is helping a lot, right? You have clients, you have people uh, producing things, uh, you helping them produce things, getting them to the process of being able to execute their vision. Um, you've got d- lots of different layers, right? So there's like the hand, the actual product, which is like the audio. But but then you also um, are store as a visual storyteller. Uh, you know you craft an entire experience. You're taking video for people. Like there's so many layers to um, the type of production that you do. What have you learned um, in finding your own? And I'm using air quotes here as a uh, as, as finding your own voice in the sea of being the producer that you are. And what could you tell yourself? so that you can sustain moving forward? Like what are some things that you're looking forward to to make the problem the, the process a little more seamless for you? Um, for me, it's a lot of automation. So there's just a lot of things that internally we've auto- um, automated. But overall, like even with helping creatives, I don't let anybody who's launching a podcast launch with less than eight episodes recorded. I don't allow them like... It's literally a, I tell you this out the gate, Um, even as I'm in the process of launching my own podcast, we're going to launch with 100 episodes recorded. And the reason for that is I just know reality of what my life is set up as. Mm. It's just unrealistic for me to, what it's going to have a YouTube component and all of these other things. And there's a conference and, you know, Elsie, I've told you about planning a conference that I'm sure you know, but it was myself and three people who planned a two-day conference here in Atlanta and it's exhausting. And so I know that's going to happen. So I, I tell clients all the time, don't think of where you are right now. Like where you are right now is just like Haley said, you're super excited. You're pumped. This idea is fresh. Think of when something comes up in your life. Think of when you've had a really bad day at work. Think of like those moments where you're just kind of like over it all. Are you going to want to record? Because me as your producer, I'm still going to say, hey, we need to put an episode out and you've paid for it already and there's no refunds. So just think about that. And so with that in mind, I don't let my clients launch without eight episodes in the bank. So that this way, there's consistently always four in the bank. Like, that's really how we work. Along with that, if you're going to take a break, you're still releasing episodes because that's what our job is. But you are on break so you can rest. And so those are the things that I feel like if I had known before, those are things I would do differently is making sure that I put more systems in place so that that way 
I don't feel burnt out. You know, I, I didn't start in this thinking I would have all the verticals I do. So now that I do have these verticals, it's important to be mindful about that. You know, um, a big thing I tell people is I think oftentimes people look at what I do and it's like, oh, how do I do all of that? I don't have a husband. Thank you. My boyfriend is super busy as well. And so he's one of those people who's like, look, I'm busy, you're busy, but I also don't have kids. You know, I'm only responsible for myself. So my day may look like me going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and then not waking up to 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And I can do that. And so I always try to remind people, don't try to look at other people and what they're doing and say, well, if that person can do it, I can do it too. Our situations may be drastically different. And that's the piece that I think social media makes confusing. So I try to be much more vocal about that these days because I started seeing more people join my community saying, oh, they wanted to do what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm an inspiration, which I'm like, that's great. But I have a bald patch in the back of my head right now because I'm stressed. <laughs> so like, <laughs> these are, you don't oh. be like me, be better than me. You know, like it's one of those things because we don't talk about a lot of things as a society and as women, I think, because we don't want to seem like we're complaining. We don't want to seem, because I don't see a lot of men talking about being burnt out and tired and all of those things. But I also don't see a lot of men in this field the way we are, in the sense of community building, mm -hmm. in the sense of you know events and so on and so forth. And so it's giving ourselves grace, but also being more vocal about our experiences, because I think that can really help in this landscape. Because if I just said that, oh, I planned this th two-day conference with 400 people and it was a breeze while opening a studio, somebody may really think like, oh, okay, if she can do it. No, 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 no. I barely made it. Don't do it. <laughs> Reconsider. You know, like, so it, it's one of those things that I, I want to encourage as a community is that we start as women, we have to start talking about these experiences and talking about like the realities of launching a podcast, raising a family and just all the things that go into being a human. Yeah, there's only so much I, f I feel that we can juggle and do it well, right? Um, there's in, in building all of the little bits of, of our life here in podcasting, something always has to give. And I, I personally sometimes will sit back and I'll watch and I will feel a little bit of like a, a FOMO of like, I should be doing that too. I should be doing that too. And, you know, it, it was all, it's always been so like, it was so, you made me so happy, Anna, when you were, when you mentioned that when you were on, when you were, you know, get wanting to get your studio together. And then you said, if I did not, like, I, I was not going on social for anything other than the fact that I was going to my goal. If this is going to get me to the goal of opening my studio or whatever it is that you had in front of you, that's when you would win on social. That's why you connected with people. That's you, you essentially said no to many things because it wasn't getting you to your goal. And I think that for me, I often feel we, we, I think as a society now, because everybody's so present and social and you see so many things and people are really good marketers. A lot of people are really good marketers. You don't really have the time. Like I have found that if I'm going to be impactful in this industry, I can, I do that a different way. I do that behind the scenes. I do it by having conversations that no one sees. It's, I do it by bringing people together that no one knows about. I push people forward that nobody sees, right? I'm not quite as front facing anymore in terms of social stuff because I know for me, it taps me out and it makes me inefficient 
in the greater goal, which is really to bring visibility to folks like you. And so it kind of takes away my energy, my joy, my enthusiasm, my power, if I put it out for everybody to just grab. Um, and I, I need it for me because, you know, I, I'm sure all of you all know, fighting the fight sometimes is really hard. Getting into those rooms and being like, no, this needs to happen, takes so much, so much to advocate for things that people simply don't truly believe. They, you know, they'll, they'll play lip service, but living it every day is rough. And so I choose to go, that's great. And it's hard sometimes to let it go, but stepping inside to be able to, to really advocate, which actually takes me to the next question here. And Danielle, this one, I'm going to send over to you. So do you feel that podcasting is a great or good or, um, powerful uh, vehicle for bringing awareness, voice, representation to marginalized voices. For those who are historically excluded out there, because you work primarily, your people are your people. And ha have you seen that to be the case? Um, yes or no? Yes. I think it's a very, very powerful way to share stories, get your message out there, connect with other people and feel empowered in your journey. These are all things that are so, so, so important. Um, I remember when I first started podcasting, feeling so alone and feeling so like isolated in my closet, trying to get the audio sound quality like good. <laughs> But today, Danielle, today feels super empowered, super connected. And when the study came out that there were only 30%, you know, women and marginalized genders, I was like, huh? What? Yeah, I know. I feel right? like 95% of the people I talk to are like women in marginalized voices. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there is like a huge, huge, huge disconnect, uh, which I'm so happy to be here. And it's like, I, it gives me goosebumps because it's, it's so important for us to pick up the microphone, either if you're on the front of the mic or in the back, you know, in the background producing to be able to share these stories and share our perspectives, because if we're not sharing them, we're not going to know about them. Um, and the masses are not going to know it. And it's easy to feel unseen uh, when you don't see people who look like you. When I'm looking at, let's say, a conference or an event, I'm always scanning. Who are the women of color? Who are the how many women mm -hmm. are there? Because I want to see myself. Right. So I think podcasting is a powerful medium. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Does anybody else have something to add to that before I move to another question? Is there something, another thought or maybe what we can do better? to bring um, awareness to, to those that are, you know, not around all the time. Yes. I would say this, it's probably unpopular opinion, but I think oftentimes when we look at podcasting and we say it's male dominated, it's actually white men dominated. If we actually start looking at it from a, you know, black men or Latino men, they're not really seen in the space. Like even like my communities for men and women, we have to have member meetups where I say, okay, guys, the men are who get to talk this time. Like women, you guys can give them advice, but the floor is not open to anyone but the men. Half the time, 
the men don't show up because then it's like, oh, wait, you just want it to be on us. Like we like to just be here to listen. And so what I'm seeing is as the industry is moving forward and more work, you know, is for marginalized communities, which I think is absolutely necessary. But I think I think men who are not white are also being left out. Like mm. the industry really, like if we just start looking like even the community leaders, like Ariel is doing amazing things. And she's always like, I feel like she's the queen of Twitter um, as it relates to um, in the <laughs> podcasting world. You know, Danielle and as well as you, Elsie and Jessica, the work you guys are doing for women in podcasting. And so it's just one of those things that I think as this industry grows, we're going to start seeing, I think, more women coming into this more, you know, marginalized genders coming into this sphere. But my concern with those type of things is what is the work that is being done for marginalized men in the industry? Mm. Because Mm. if we're more of these stages are being made to amplify us and push us forward. But I can honestly say, I don't know the last time I've seen something like this for black men, for Latino Mm. men, you know, for Asian men, I'm not seeing that same type of work. And I think we're going to start seeing this huge gap to where we finally start ascending and they are left behind. And so I just think that as we start having these conversations, we need to make sure that we're including all marginalized people because it's Mm. different. I think we're, we're very focused on the fact that it's men, but in actuality, it's white men. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's really, yeah. really interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you, that you brought that to the table. It's not something that I had really thought hard about, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say it. Yeah, for sure. And there's like all of these incredible communities that, that at least I've seen. Shout out to Dr. Vibe. I don't know if you all know Dr. Vibe, but Dr. Vibe, Dr. Vibe, shout out, shout out to you. We've, um, he's been around the industry for such a long time. He is a massive proponent for um, black men. Uh, as a whole, he's got a show, the Dr. Vibe show. Um, and he's from Canada, Haley. Um, so he's a Canadian podcaster. So he's been doing some incredible work. Um, Wild Black is another organization that's done really incredible stuff as well for for black men. But you are absolutely correct. I think that there, you know, we all have a lens, like, right? We are like, we got to go do this, got to go do this thing. And we often like overlook something kind of obvious at times as well. Um, so I, I want to, this is not in the, this is not in the notes, but uh, this one's for Haley. Haley, um, this has to do with community. And I think that maybe Anna can add a little bit of context to this as well. Um, I also know that there have been challenges, you know, there, we often think like, Ooh, I want to have an engaged community. I want to grow my community. My community is my thing and like, help us grow, blah, blah. Uh, and have them be engaged. And we often don't talk about what happens when the community grows and the community is engaged. And they do, you know, they are, they are asking, Haley, I know that you've had some, some boundaries that you've had to come to, to do, right? To, to create for yourself. Can you speak to that a little bit? It was one of those unexpected things. Like, I agree. You really want your community to build. You want your listeners to build. And there comes a point um, that, for me, I couldn't reply to everyone anymore. 
and the guilt and <laughs> was so huge. Um, and the other thing is, um, again, with the group that I work with, a lot of people have um, are going through really challenging reunions, for example, or really big life things that are urgent to them and would you deeply mind, important. Mm -hmm. Before you continue, would you just mind, just because folks here may not know, what is a reunion really quick so that they know oh. that what that is? Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, I'm using uh, the terminology. Um, adoption reunion. So if you um, are an adopted person and you seek out um, a biological parent or another biological family member, maybe through DNA connection, um, reunion would be when you connect with them. And that can be either um, email, text, or meeting in person, like the airport moment you see on TV shows. But we never talk about past that, <laughs> how to actually connect with um, strangers who are your biological family members. Um, so it can be hugely taxing. It's a life-changing moment. And so when you're in it, it does feel like an emergency and urgent and there can become mental health crises, all of those things. And if you don't have supports in place already, you can come to the podcast community because you're like, oh, I heard them talking about this on the show, but I'm not a therapist. So I can't, you know, I, I can't give you personalized advice or guidance. Um, so the, the weight of carrying, knowing my inbox is full of questions about these things and knowing that I can't necessarily reply to them um, was extremely hard. So I've worked on a variety of things to kind of combat that, I guess. Um, I actually closed my messages for a long time in multiple places um, because I just wasn't doing well reading all those things, the hurting people. I tried to put as many free resources up on my website as I could. Um, I tried to do more healing series episodes. And then I crowdsourced my community again and said, I need leaders in the Facebook group. I need you guys to come and, you know, respond to things because it can't always be me. And when you let your community come and fill in those gaps for you, that's like the best thing, right? Because they don't need me anymore. And um, we made some group rules and things and it's all painful. That's a hard, painful part of growth that most people don't talk about and you hope to get there at some point. I want to be so popular that nobody can get a hold of me. Um, but it's, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts <laughs> when you can't show up for people the way I want to. Um, so, yeah. Well, good. And Anna, I know that you've had some feelings about that too. Um, it's hard, but it's also <laughs> one of those things where, you know, people who have been a part of this community for a long time know when literally every member, if you hadn't posted on social in a while, if you hadn't released an episode in a while, I reached out to you personally. Like I got a notification. I reached out to, to you personally to say, Hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? Um, but that was when we were like 50 people 
as we grew to mm. 250, 350, 400 people, it became very difficult. Um, our member meetups, you know, initially used to be everybody just kind of chiming in, but it moved away from it being that the community was coming together because they wanted to be around each other. So we started having people come together because they wanted to talk to me. Um, <laughs> and that is honestly like, I don't like it. Like, if I'm being very transparent, it's a large reason why I'm thinking of closing down um, the membership portion of Black Pod Collective as we go into 2023, because my life from when I started this in 2019 is drastically different. I worked in corporate. Um, actually, in 2019, I'd been laid off from my job, so I also wasn't working. I took a year. They gave me a severance package. So for a year in 2019, I was not working, so I had all of this time. Well, I don't have that anymore. My life is different. I'm getting older, you know, marriage is coming, you know, all of these things is happening now. And when my boyfriend is like, what are you still up doing? It's like, um, somebody is in crisis. He's like, it's a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't think I understand what you do over there. Like, what are you in crisis about? I'm like, it's an episode file. The, the file is not downloading i've tried to help them you know and it's like okay wait a minute this this is not conducive and so it's it's hard it's something i'm still trying to figure out like we announced it to the community of like look Anna's going to be stepping out in this capacity you guys like are supposed to be talking to each other people have emailed about like can we pay 500 dollars a month and there's a smaller community that's just with you and it's like i'm sorry what to do, what am I doing in this moment? Am I just talking to you? Like, this is a lot of money. Like, we could edit your podcast for that. So it's just trying to figure out the balance of, one, still trying to be there for my community, but also being there for myself. Like, mm. I've had emergency surgery since I started this. And like, in that time, I remember coming out of surgery and I'm like, content, let's schedule everything. I can't keep doing that to myself. So I don't have the answer, but I'm doing a better job of talking to my community about, hey, this is where I'm at. Um, these newsletters, these podcast episodes, you're going to get what I have the capacity to give you. Um, we don't make money off of any of the work that we do. And I think people struggle to understand that Black Pot Collective and Adode Media are not connected in any way, shape, or form. Adode Media should not be funding Black Pot Collective. That's not how this works. And so it's just setting more boundaries and becoming comfortable with me evolving into a different person. I'm 34 mm. now. Like, you know, life is changing. Oh, so young. So young. Um, <laughs> oh, the I wanted youth. To, I yes, wanted go to ahead, chime Danielle. in. Yeah, because yes. I come at it as an indie podcaster from a different perspective. I think a lot of podcasters want to create a community and they want to be like thriving in community. And for me, creating a community as a podcaster didn't feel like I was thriving. So for mm. me, I enjoy creating informative content that educates my audience of financially savvy travelers so they can go out there, make good money, travel the world. And it's the one-on-one -on -one intimate moments in the DMs. Or if I'm at a conference, someone reaches out to me and they're like, hey, Danielle, I, I listened to your episode. Or if another podcaster asks me to be on their show, those are the intimate moments that I look for. I'm not necessarily into creating this huge thousand people community. Um, and that's a counter, I think a counter culture shift in podcasting because a lot of people want at that community. For me, it's not really a good fit. I just want to educate. I just want to put my thoughts out there. That's why it's called the thought card. 
And <laughs> it makes me really happy to be operating in that space. I love that. Yes, it's a huge call out. And I think that's something that we need to continue to tell each other, especially in the podcasting space when you're starting out, there is no really right way to do it. You have to, the thing that's going to keep you, that sustain you in podcasting is creating the type of work in podcasting that you love. Because there are lots of things that I completely dislike about the community. And there are some things that I really love. Like I obviously, I love creating content. I love having conversations. I love one-on-one -on -one conversations like you, Danielle. That's where I thrive, which is why the mentorship experience that I do is very hands-on. I haven't done it in a long time, but it's very hands-on. It's very, very meaningful and connected. Like we're right there, right? It's not a step back and do it's it's a lot more kinesthetic but you can't scale that nor do i want to scale that that is where i thrive as a person in podcasting but i'm very private and i don't want you to get in my business i don't want to share my points of view in a lot of different ways i will shift the world quietly and mysteriously in the background that's what i love and then get in front of the camera and do the thing right but it doesn't it, 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 it's just not a good fit for me. Um, so now moving, uh, Sky, I kind of want to start to wrap us up here with your thoughts about what are some stories. And I know that you actually have a newsletter. I'm not talking like you're going to write these stories in your newsletters, but like what's the story that you want to continue to be telling um, in podcasting for yourself? And, you know, and then tell us what's coming down the pipeline for Sky Pillsbury. You mean my own story? Like yes, what's coming up in like the storyline story of for you? I'm using that as a metaphor. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not like Let's... you're writing the story. You know, this is, I feel suddenly that I've entered a therapy session because <laughs> I have not given any thought at all to what is coming. <laughs> Let me just say, because honestly, I am like, I feel like I am running at warp speed right now, hmm. trying to get, you know, you know, I'm trying to write these reported stories about, right. you know, that speak to issues of working in podcasting and doing reporting and having a story every week that reveals something new about this industry is it's a, it's a lot, it's draining. And, but it's, it, it's also so invigorating. Like I, are we allowed to swear? I don't know. Are okay, we? Okay. Well, I I don't know. We'll we'll I I won't. Um, <laughs> God, I'm so tempted. I'm like, just now, I just we'll feel it in our hearts. Yes, we'll feel it in our hearts. Okay, okay. I won't. I won't. I'll resist. I'll resist. Now I can't even remember <laughs> what I was even talking about. Oh, I I love doing this work. Like I love like when I am on the phone interviewing someone about their experience in you know a. a, a plenty of different situations all related to podcasting, but they're sharing that with me and they're trusting me because I, I interview people on the record. I also interview a lot of people on background because they don't want to share their name for fear of, you know, either retaliation or losing their job or whatever it may be like that to me, when you guys are talking about the intimate moments in podcasting, like for me, that's my intimate moment is when I'm interviewing someone for a story and they're and we're having like a real moment. I love that. 
but it also is emotionally, it is a lot. So right now, you know, I've been doing every week, I've been coming out with a story. And actually two weeks ago, I said, next week, I'm taking the week off. It was going to be the week that a lot of people were going to be at podcast movement anyway. And so I, I felt like it was a good week. And I have to say, it was like so helpful for me to have that time. But mm -hmm. even that week, I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to think to really do that much planning um, or to even think about like the answer to your question, Elsie, which is like, what is coming next? Like, I am so in the moment that I am in right now where I've mm -hmm. launched this thing. I want it to be great. You know, I, it's gotten, you know, when you, when you start something and you guys can all relate to this, when you start something and it, and people are giving you positive feedback that's great. It's also very stressful. And for me, mm. nerve wracking. It's like, now I've launched the thing and, and they seem to like it. I don't want to let them down. Every week I've got to like have something really good for them. And <laughs> so, and you know, my, my husband is even more sick of me talking about podcasting. Oh, no. than he was whatever, 2014, <laughs> because now it feels so personal and important and crucial. And, you know, I love it when people say there's no such thing as a podcast emergency and there's no such thing as a newsletter emergency, but it feels like the world is ending. <laughs> if I can't get that interview scheduled and, or damn it, I forgot to record that interview. And now I don't have my transcript that happened once. Um, you know, it's like, so I don't have an answer for you. I, what I, what I do have is like, I effing love what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I really want to keep doing it. Um, and, and I'm so, I'm so thrilled that I get to be in a position where people are actually reading what I'm writing. And that's, a, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's, well, Keeping good. Family well, alive. I've got two teens in the house, like, you know, making sure that goes well, um, <laughs> is also important, but you know, that's, so that's, that's, that's it. It's all I got. If everyone, if anyone else has like a great future narrative story, I want to hear it and I want to live vicariously. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But now, though, you have to let us know where we can find you. You got to give us oh. the hookup. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. I never remember I know. My, the, the URL I'm supposed to give out. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to find me is to just find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm just at Sky Pillsbury. And my pinned tweet has a link where if you Great. wanted to check out my newsletter, you can just click on that because I can't remember. And, and her where, newsletter where is called The Squeeze. The Squeeze. The yes, squeeze. the squeeze. Yeah. And it's all about the podcast industry. Yes. Great. Great. And Danielle, on to you, love. What you yes. got going on? What's the story you're looking to tell about you in podcasting? Yes. And what's next? So I've had this uh, idea for a really long time where people think of women of color podcasters. They're like, you have a podcast, right? I'm like, mm, not quite. Uh, <laughs> we're a community, not a podcast. But I'm finally ready to step in and actually create a podcaster, a podcast called Women of Color Podcasters. And it's really to give women of color in the podcasting industry their flowers, to yeah. highlight their contributions, highlight their successes, and to really showcase what they're doing because we are making moves 
And unfortunately, mm. we are not getting highlighted enough. So we're launching that in October. And I actually recorded the first four episodes. But now with Anna's advice, I'm like, I need to I get know, to I know, Anna, you're like giving us all the pressure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I need like... to get to eight before I launch. So it's just so <laughs> empowering. It's like so empowering to be able to like share these stories and share these successes and accomplishments of women of color in the industry. So that's what's coming up. Visit us at wcpodcasters.co. We'd love to connect with you. And yeah, that's what we're doing. Sweet. That's amazing. Haley, it's your turn. Well, Adoptees On is coming back in a few weeks. So the website for that is adopteeson.com. And I started podcast coaching last year, which is like the delight of my life. Um, so if you want to find out information about that or you want to contact me on any socials, hayleyradke.com is the website for that. And I just love talking podcasting. So if you want to tweet about podcasting, happy to. That's amazing. Anna, Anna. Everybody's kept so short, but I have so I many. Know. And it's like, okay, right. how much time do I have? Um, we're here, we're here for you. Okay. So first of all, <laughs> Black Pod um, Festival is coming back to Atlanta, Georgia next year, um, September 30th, which is International Podcast Day and October 1st. Um, so we're super excited for that. The theme next year is the Black College Experience. So we're going to have a step show, marching bands. Um, we really just want to take everybody back to college. So um, I want everyone to come in like their college nailia or their favorite university nailia so that that way we can just relive our college days. Um, so that's on the Black Pod Festival side. On the Black Pod Collective side, it's really focusing in on um, bringing in new people to teach our community. So right now we're in the process of surveying, surveying the community to find out, you know, who do they want to learn from? So I'm always excited to meet new people in the industry. So don't be shocked if you get an email from myself or somebody on my team. Um, <laughs> then on the Adote Media side of the house, whew, October 26th makes it a year since we opened the studio and we are expanding. So we are moving into a bigger studio on October 1st. So I'm excited but nervous because the building has no elevators. And let's just say I have a lot more things than when I first moved into the space. Um, and so we are moving into having, what, one, two, three, three, four studios going at the same time. Um, podcast studios that will have different looks, different feels in the heart of downtown. So I'm excited for that expansion. And lastly, I'm launching a podcast called The Podcast Trapper. Um, if you know Yay. nothing else about me, in my mind, I like listen to rap music. And quite frankly, I feel like I can rap. My team tells me <laughs> I cannot. But, you know, I feel like yeah. I could if you really, like, if you wrote it for me, I feel like I could do it. Um, and so it's called The Podcast Trapper. And it's basically... Um, all the elements around like some of the fails in opening the studio, because Jesus, I made a lot. Um, and just kind of taking people on that journey. People are always asking questions about like, how did I do this? Or how did I do that? Um, and then I'll also have a video component where I'll be reviewing certain products, but also videoing the process to Black Pod Festival in 2023. And just the day to day of what goes into running three separate brands with over 13 employees, because that's been fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so those are all the things. Do I am I forgetting anything? But yeah, you can follow me, find me, and yes, I'm I'm like this all the time. Um, <laughs> you can follow me, find me at all things on a on a on Twitter, on a 
on um, Instagram and everything is linked from there. So, oh, I did good. I timed myself. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> She's like, at least I'm not going. That's great. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to ask myself that question as well. So I think that the the biggest thing is She Podcast Live coming up in October. If you have not gotten your tickets, please go ahead and head over to shepodcast.com slash live. And you can use a coupon code, which is L-C-E-L-S-I-E, for $200 off a ticket. So if you have not gotten your ticket, please go ahead and get your today. Um, if it's already happened, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, you know, when you're watching this video, sorry, you know, go to the next one. So that's what's going on with that. And I think that in terms of what I want to find with podcasting again, is just that since I work on it for so, in so many capacities and I'm in it all the time, I'm actually looking for the palate cleanser, which was podcasting for me when I first started, which was creating content for its own sake, like just because I want to get behind the microphone and have fun and talk and possibly talk about things that aren't like there's no strategy. There's no, you know, fun editing things. It's just I really just want to to find that joy in creating the content again, because I do find that the power of podcasting just for its own sake, can be incredibly transformative to people as human beings, regardless of career, regardless of any of that stuff. I know for me, it gave me the voice that I have as a person uh, because I didn't know that I could speak up. I didn't know that I could take the stage. I didn't know. I didn't it gave me lots of confidence to be able to really get to a place where I am in the industry now. And it really was because I had this thing in front of me. This was my this was my training wheels to be a, like a grown up and grown person to be able to speak up for myself. And I feel that that in itself can really provide a lot of opportunities for people. And it starts with joy and delight. And so I'm in search for for that, that kind of joy for myself. Thank you so much to Podbean for being able to, to give us a platform for us to come and talk in this fashion so candidly with many of you. If you all have any questions, please feel free to leave a comment and wherever it is that you're watching it. And I'm sure any one of us is going to be able to connect with you. If you want to connect with me, you can find me primarily on Twitter, although occasionally on Instagram at the Elsie Escobar. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you all so much for joining us. I'm going to read our brief outro and then we'll wrap it up for today. So thank you everyone for joining us at Podcasting Smarter and our September live event, Opening Doors, The Path to Podcasting for Marginalized Genders, in collaboration with She Podcasts and hosted by Elsie Escobar and she of She Podcasts, featuring Haley Radke of the Adoptees On podcast, Danielle Desir-Corbett of Women of Color Podcasters and the Thought Card podcast, Sky Pillsbury of The Squeeze, Ana Ogo-Ogo of Black Pod Collective, Black Pod Festival, and Adode Media. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions just like this one with top podcasters. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast. If you joined late or want to have another listen to this conversation, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and Podcasting Smarter podcast. We are brought to you by Podbean. We are the official in-house podcast of Podbean who is a hosting and monetizing platform, and we're home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today.
Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for next month's live panel, how to become a podcast editor using your indie podcast skills for freelance, remote work, or to create a business in collaboration with global podcast editors and Staffuccio. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this replay of our live event episode. If you have any questions about podcasting and want to get in touch with the Podbean team, reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Happy podcasting.